I'll try that again. Good morning. Well, it's either a good morning or a bad morning. Oh, it's a good morning? Okay. Oh, a great morning. Okay, great morning. When I uh, spent a year in Scotland and uh, uh, you would greet people and all they would say is morning, morning. And I'm thinking, morning, yes, it is morning. Uh, <laughs> so, great morning, God morning. <laughs> I want you to go ahead and take a seat, and I'm going to share a few announcements in the offering, and then we're going to go right into the message with Pastor Dan, and it deals with healing. How many of you know that healing is part of the salvation message? Hallelujah. We don't just leave that part out. It's inclusive, okay? Not inclusive like with the way the world wants to make you think about it, okay? All right. So some announcements. Uh, Wednesday nights, okay? Wednesday nights, we're using this book mainly, okay, called Covenant by James Garlow. It is a magnificent read. If you don't have it, we've got a few copies. Join us on Wednesday night. Snacks start at 645. The class begins at 7. Everyone say the covenant. And the covenant is very, very important to the life of the child of God. It is very, very important. And so I just wanted to uh, make you aware of that. And then also, uh, we have a special sweetheart ball that's taking place through a ministry that we connect with, uh, Rodney and Lucretia Redis, and he's ministered here before, and they have a sweetheart ball coming on the 11th, that's this next Saturday, and it starts at 5.30, so if you're interested, okay, just get one of those uh, little cards there in the back on, on the shelf right over there toward the door, amen. And then uh, we also have a few other things coming up through this month. Uh, Pastor Dan's going to be ministering on Black History Message, and I'm going to have the opportunity to minister as well. And then on the 26th, we have special guest John George. He will be coming. And so you want to not miss what God wants to say and do in your lives okay, through this month. Amen? Hallelujah. And so... Uh, I want to also share with you about um, giving. God gave his only son. What did he give? His only son. Why did he give his only son? To give us life. Without it, there is no hope. Okay? Giving brings forth some life. And life comes forth and it causes you to want to give. Think on that. Life gives you the stirring and desire to want to give because you've been given life and then you want to respond. And so don't forget, financially as well as in any other area of life, we are givers. Hallelujah. We are givers because we've been given life. And out of that life is that desire to give. We live and out of that living we can give. Hallelujah. Amen. So we, we uh, tithe and we give our offerings. Okay. We give. Okay. With that understanding. Hallelujah. Now we give through different ways here. We give through the text. We give through the online. We give, you know, through the envelopes there in the back. And so I just want you to be reminded to give. Okay. It's always such a, a privilege to give. Okay. We live. Okay. And because we've been given life, we give. Hallelujah. The world doesn't flow that way. You can see that. The world does not flow that way. Hallelujah. That's why we're so different. Or at least we should be. <laughs> yeah, amen. Amen. So I want you to uh, give a nice round of applause as Pastor Dan comes forward with the message. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. Well, we have a surprise for a few people today when they get here, and we're already <laughs> ministering the word. I think they had a time warp uh, issue or something, so praise God for that. Uh, you know, the book of Acts says, these are those who turn the world upside down, so we're turning the order of worship upside down today. Uh, and just doing something a little different because that's what the Lord put on our heart to do. So uh, it's going to be a, a different, but it's a joyful ride. So praise God. Amen. Let's jump upon it and go with God, right? Yes. 
Uh, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this day that you've given us to be able to circulate the good news with each other, to be able to share with those that would watch us on video, to be able to, to learn, to grow, to be encouraged, to, to be convicted. Whatever we need, Father, I thank you that you know it and you have it and you'll perform that for your glory to be made evident in this congregation in the name of Jesus, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Praise God. Yeah. We got, uh, February's going to be a great month. Yes. Um, sweetheart banquet. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so all you lovey dubbies can, you know, can go. Praise God, if you like. So I remember the. Um, uh, the Valentines that Teresa and I shared that we always remembered. We never forgot that. We married 51 years, and I guess actually 52 Valentine days. And the one that we never forgot was the first one that we did in Oklahoma City in 1994, when we had moved here in December of 93. And we were renting an apartment on Northwest Expressway. And uh, I was here on a volunteer basis, full-time volunteer at uh, the then Church of the Harvest. And so we were all excited about going out, you know, that night and having a, a dinner. And uh, I said, oh, don't worry about it. All the restaurants up and down the road here, there'll be places open. So no big deal. So uh, I went to the house and we, uh, you know, I changed my shirt or whatever I did, and she was ready to go. So we got in the car, and we drove down uh, Northwest Expressway. And sure enough, uh, oh, that restaurant's full. You can see the people outside. I said, no problem. Charleston's just right up the road. We'll go there. That's a special place. They had probably close to 50 people outside waiting to get in. Well, I made a vow to myself. I know you're not supposed to do that. When I got out of the Marine Corps, I said, I'm not going to wait for chow any longer. I, I want immediate service. So anyway, we drove this place and that place, and we drove out, and then we turned around and started coming back toward the center again. And we looked at there, and that time, it's gone now, but there was a, um, a um, pizza place, and uh, <laughs> the parking lot was big, and there were just about three or four cars on it. And uh, I said, Mazio's, and I said, uh, hey, there's a pizza place, and we don't have to wait. And she goes, hey, that's fine. You know, I mean, she was very well accepting and pleasing because after all, she'd been putting up with me all those years. So uh, we went and we had pizza for February, and we totally loved it, and we never did forget that time. We, you forgot all the rest of the Valentine's where we ate, but we ate at Mazio's that night, and there were only like three or four other people in the whole place. <laughs> so, see, you can take the littlest things in life and make them as large as you want to make them, praise God, because that's the way you see them. So, uh, praise God. Uh, I, that's just... Always sticks in my mind when it comes to February. Uh, okay, and Kelly did us a real good job this morning on the announcements. Uh, it's, things coming up for the month, so that way you can kind of anticipate what's going on. Uh, I'm going to have the pleasure next week of talking about uh, Daddy or William Seymour and the Azusa revival and how that started so many things in the uh, charismatic Pentecostal uh, movement for the next 120 years. So uh, he's always been one of my favorite people to, uh, to learn about and to watch. And uh, I'm even doing some extra digging. Uh, there's a book I got that he actually wrote. You know, the guy, I think, put it together, but he wrote it. And so I'm really glad to be able to share some things out of it with you. So we'll enjoy that. And then Reverend Hancock will be on the third Sunday of the month. I'm actually going to take a few days off, get rid of my ugly face for a while, yeah. And uh, they'll, uh, he's going to be in the pulpit, and he'll have a great word as usual. And then John George, yep, uh, 
he'll uh, he'll be there, and so you make sure you have a good breakfast that morning because he usually goes a little long. So, uh, but that's good because he doesn't get to be here every week like uh, like we do. So, anyway, looking forward to that. Praise God. Uh, I'm going to do something quite a bit different, I think, in a lot of ways. Uh, the question today on a new series is, is healing for today, okay? Uh, as usual, I get one subject from the Lord, and I start unwrapping it, and it automatically jumps into a series. And so what we're going to do, instead of just going one, two, three, four, five with the series, we're going to do one meeting Sunday morning meeting every month until we finish this series. So it may be the first week of the month, it may be the last week of the month, the one in between, but we're going to do his healing for today. We're going to go through the Bible, not comprehensively because we're not going to spend the next 50 years doing this, but we will bring a healing message uh, about and why some people say it's past and why some people say it hadn't and why and why. And then we're just going to do a little test every now and then, too. And uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be an opportunity that you can bring somebody with you to talk about this subject, to hear about this subject, because it is something a lot of people just don't uh, agree on. And so we want to bring agreement according to the Word of God. Because remember, the Word of God, actually, we can experience it. And if it's true, we can experience it. And if it's not true, then we're not going to experience it. So we're not going to listen to man, but we may put in a few things that men have said. Uh, might even throw a few females in there like Marie Woodworth Etter uh, and some things that uh, her ministry was really uh, noted for. So uh, anyway, it's going to be a good ride. We want people who have questions about this one way or the other some people just go, you know, well, you just don't have enough faith to be healed. It, 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 you know, No, we're not coming from that standpoint. We're coming from a biblical standpoint, okay? And so what does the Bible say? Is it, you know, one time or is it just special occasions or whatever it is? And we're going to see and test and prove the Word of God in the manifestation of what God wants not what our little bitty selves think, okay? So praise the Lord. Uh, so it's the first part in a series that will be sh shared once a month, probably take at least four months, could take eight. So no promises on that. <laughs> uh, but um, we'll, we'll go from there. A lot of people have lots of questions uh, about God healing and earnestly seeking answers for that. Uh, lots of people uh, make many different statements as to why healing is or is not for today. You know, some things that you might hear or might have thought yourself, might think yourself right now. Hello, YouTube. Good to see you. Healings in the Bible were only for specific situations. Or maybe you've heard, it doesn't work for me. I don't know of anyone who it works for. Uh, that's just a way for those TV preachers to rake in the dough. I've had somebody tell me that I've known a long time to tell me that to my face. And then, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, you, you can think about it. Others would say that God has healed them from a major illness or maybe from a series of not so major illnesses, just here, there, and everywhere, whatever. So what are we supposed to believe for today? So we're going we're gonna to look at different things and we, the Bible is a historical, accurate historical document. So the things that it shows are true. Now, what we need to look at when we read the Bible is, is this something that is for me today, or was this something that was for them today? Or at their time, I'm sorry, at their time. That's what we need to look at. Uh, there are certain things, uh, Judas went out and hung himself, that's not for you today, Okay. Somebody say amen on that one. <laughs> okay? That was a historical truth, though. Okay? So we want to bring everything into the accurate, truthful situation. Okay? So let's think about it. Um, you know, maybe you could be all over the place on what you believe. Every one of us could have a little different uh, 
perspective on that. But the, the, uh, the thing is that statements we need to think about, we need to ponder, we need to consider, we need to ask God, we need to look at his word. We need to take all of the things that we think are promised for today and put them in the proper order and perspective. Um, we don't want to be deceived, and we don't want to go into something. Uh, and let me give you an example. There are a lot of people that profess Christianity today that have no idea what the Bible says. There are a lot of people today that profess Christianity that think that you need to keep the Sabbath holy, and they don't even know that Sabbath is Saturday, not Sunday. Yeah. And I'm not blaming anybody, but I am saying that there are three types of people in the world, the lost, the saved, and that's all, and then those that walk in truth. And that unlearned, that middle group, that unlearned, there's nobody blaming you if you're not learned. But there, there's, there should be fault that you should find in yourself if you're not trying to be learned, if you're not seeking God, if you're not seeking his word, if you're not ambitious enough to find out what God's love letter to you said. So that's where the issue is. It's not what we know, it's what we should know and what we could know. And it makes the difference in life. So the words of God are true. How do we respond to them? Well, you know, I just never did see that for sure. I just thought someday, you know, one thing has happened. I mean, if it's the will of God, it'll happen. If it's not, it won't. Baloney, okay? God has chosen us as co-labors into the harvest field, okay? God has told us, don't choose death, choose life. And that's not talking about just eternity. It's talking about today and what will we pick up and gain today. Praise God. Okay? So there are many important things that we can run right over. I love people that say certain things out of the Bible, never have read it. They got one little, you know, I was going to preach a message. I probably will in these days yet about the things that people think is in the Bible. It's not, you know. Things like, uh, well, God said he wouldn't put more on me than I could stand. That's a misquote. God said that he would not allow more to be put on you than what you could stand. He doesn't put it on you. The enemy does. But he makes sure that there's a certain point when the enemy's got you, you ram down, you know, that he says, okay, that's enough. Get out of here. Amen. You know? Amen. So God's got your back. And every temptation, uh, every temptation, every temptation, every temptation, he provides a door of exit. Just like that red exit sign that's above the doors out there that you can go out. He provides a door of exit. So we have to choose that door. And if we don't, then it's going to be a time of repentance. Yeah. We got to come back again and say, Lord, I am sorry. You know, and mean it. Okay. So praise God. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the things of the flesh, but after the Spirit. Praise God. So let's, let's begin in the Old Testament. Okay? Um, that's okay, right? Okay, okay. Begin in the Old Testament. One of my favorite stories in the Bible, which is historically true and really happened, is found in 2 Kings chapter 5. 2 Kings chapter 5. It's the story of Naaman who was healed of leprosy. Now, leprosy is kind of like, well, how can we even think about what that is? Well, think about AIDS, okay? It's bad stuff, okay? Leprosy was bad stuff, okay? And it still is, and there's still people on this earth that have it. So let's start with verse 1. 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 1. Now, Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram. He was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. He was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. And we're going to find out it's just a small place in his body, but he had it, and that stuff grows. Verse 2, now bands of raiders from Aram had gone out and had taken captive a young girl from Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, 
If only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. Naaman went to his master and told him what the girl from Israel had said. By all means, go, the king of Aram replied. I will send a letter to the king of Israel. Now remember, they just got this girl from Israel. So that means they had whipped up on some Israelites. And he's not just saying, I'm going to send the king a letter. He's saying, I'm going to send him a letter. Okay? In other words, I'm going to make him do it. So Naaman left, taking with him 10 talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold, and 10 sets of clothing. The letter that he took to the king of Israel read, With this letter I am sending my servant Nahum to you, so that you may cure him of his leprosy. By the way, just let me throw this in here, because this took me a little while to figure this out. Ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten sets of clothing. Now, I'm not going to count the clothing in this. But if you figure how much that gold and silver is worth in today's dollars... You can go from one number to a lot bigger one. But the base, the lowest that it would be was $4 million. It's a pretty good healing offering. <laughs> hint, hint. <laughs> uh, verse 7. Four million bucks! Yeah. See, a shekel's not a coin. A shekel is a weight of measure, a measure of weight, I should say. And so they would put gold or silver, which is basically what it was used for, to weigh it and then take it from there. So the shekel is not fully defined in today's terms about how, how much weight that is. Okay. So anyway, and then the shekel and the talent, you, the talent is, is bigger than a shekel and there's a corresponding there and that's a little off too. So anyway, just to let you know, I'm not real good at math, but I'm pretty good at arithmetic, so... As soon as the king of Israel, verse 7 says, read the letter, he, he read the letter, he tore his robes and said, Am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this fellow send someone to me to be cured of leprosy? See how he's trying to pick a quarrel with me. Okay? So there's, notice how many people are involved in this whole issue. Okay? So you've got the king of Aram. Of course, you've got his wife. You've got the, 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 the lady or the girl from Israel that's taking care of his wife. You've got, of course, uh, Nahum himself. And you've got now, you've got the king of Israel. And we're going to pick up more people in this whole situation. It's not just like two people or something like that. Verse 8, when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his robes, he sent him this message, sent him an email, probably a text message right away, you know. Why have you torn your robes? Have the man come to me, and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. You know, in other words, I want to get the word out about Yahweh and how great a God he is. Help me on this, O king, because Yahweh will do something about it. Verse 9, so Nahum went with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to him to say to him, he's dissing him, see? But he's making sure this guy's faith is going to be attached to this whole process. So he says, go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan and your flesh will be restored and you will be cleansed. But Nahum went away angry and said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, Yahweh his God, wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. Are not Abana and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? In other words, Jordan was kind of scuzzy. And if you've got leprosy, you don't want scuzziness near it because that will infect it and make it worse. He wants the clean water. He wants the fresh water, Okay. He said, couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a rage. What's rage? Super anger. It's like, you know, one of those kind of deals with the red face and everything. 
Verse 13, Naaman's sermons, servants, <laughs> sermons, <laughs> I'm going to make a preacher out of him. Naaman's servants went to him and said, my father, if the prophet had told you to do some great things, would you have not done it? How much more then when he tells you, wash and be cleansed? So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times. If you take the number seven and look at the times, especially in the Old Testament, where somebody did something seven times, it's going to be more than just this story. There's quite a few of them. As the man of God had told him, he dipped himself seven times as the man of God had told him, and his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. Amen. Then Nahum and all of his attendants, they all came in, they're all tied to it, went back to the man of God. He stood before him and said, now I know that there is no God in all the world Hmm. Remember, this is a total heathen God. There is no God in all the world except in Israel. So please accept a gift from your servant. Here's four million bucks. Do as you want. How should I have somebody tell you that? I'll just keep dreaming on. Okay. The prophet answered, as surely as the Lord lives whom I serve, I will not accept a thing. In other words, Elisha, and we'll find this from reading the story of his life, is a man of full integrity. There's a message in that, that the man of God is a man of God. He gets a double anointing. You can put that one in your little spiritual pocket, and we'll bring it up again sometime. So he said, uh, please accept a gift from your servant. The prophet said, as surely as the Lord lives, I will not accept a thing. Even though Naaman urged him, he refused. See, you don't want to just take a buck from the devil. You need to do what God says. And that may be a way to get you off course. Think about it for a minute. How many people, maybe you've known, or maybe you've read about them or heard about them, that have given their soul to the devil for money. It can be a temptation beyond you. How many people win the lottery actually do something beneficial with it? Most of them end up in misery. Five years after they get it, the stats are they'll be worse off than they were when they got it. And most of them were broke when they got it. Not all of them. And some people have done well with it. But that's the exception. How many movie stars? How many rap singers and other types of musical people? How many pro athletes have given themselves over to accept the contribution that would destroy their life? How many children who have been actors have successfully transitioned to adult? acting and done something with it. You can probably name, name them pretty close to one hand. They just go deeper, and a lot of them don't make it past 30. I'm talking about some quality people that had a lot of opportunity that accepted the gift from the wrong person and thought they should get the glory rather than God. See, I, I don't want the glory. I can't handle it. I want God to get the glory. So he gets all the glory, and we get all the fun. Because we're in that process with him. We're co-laborers with him, and we get to see the hand of God. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Amen, Jesus. Naaman then says, if you will not, said Naaman, please let me, your servant, be given as much earth as a pair of mules can carry, for your servant will never again make burnt offerings and sacrifices to any other God but the Lord. But may the Lord forgive your servant for this one thing. When my master enters the temple of Remen to bow down, 
and he's leaning on my arm, and I have to bow there also. When I bow down in the temple of Rimmon, may the Lord forgive your servant for this. And Elisha says in verse 19, go in peace. Amen, he says. Now let me stop right here just to make a very specific point. I was talking to a pastor friend of mine the other day, and I, I brought up something, and uh, which I've said times. But you remember the gold statue in the book of Daniel that's like 90 feet tall, that's solid gold? I can't steal it. <laughs> can't pick it up with a helicopter. <laughs> I just put a rope around his neck. We take it helicopter and get out of it. No, you wouldn't. You'd ground the helicopter. <laughs> anyway, the question is, if you are a professed Christian, put yourself in this scenario that you've been brought to this golden idol and the king has said, everyone will bow to this idol and those that don't go to the fiery furnace. We're talking about burnt Krispy Kreme. How many Christians, check yourself out, nobody else, would go and bow before that idol of gold Walk away from it, get over here behind the tree and say, Lord, please forgive me for doing that. I just, you know, I know you want me alive. Don't take advantage of the mercy of God. We're called to lay down our lives. Now, there was an exception here. That's not the rule. That's not the rule. I was working on a deal the other day for the church and a little something that we wanted to take advantage of if we could. And it got to the last page on it and you have to affirm a statement. And it said that you will not discriminate on gender, race, several things, which totally fine, or gender identification, or, and there's a couple other ors there in hiring principles, we're not going to hire a homosexual. We're going to love them. They're welcome here, but that's not what we're going to do. We're not going to have a trans person come up here and share this pulpit in or out of drag. It's an abomination. And they're welcome here. They're welcome to hear the word. If they want to sit in this place and get the word, we're going to love them, but we're going to tell them the truth, just like I do you. Everybody in here is a sinner, starting with me. Yeah, I just be on the podium as chief sinner. But God, through the new birth, has forgiven us and has forgotten our sins because he wiped them away and threw them in the sea of forgetfulness. We are called to lift up Jesus and whatever that takes. Americans are so slouchy and so soft and so, oh, don't say that and be careful now. Hush, somebody may hear you and, oh yeah, well, you know, and I'm so, my job is so rough. I have to work 40 hours a week. <laughs> you need to go on a mission trip is what you need to do, honey. You need to see how people actually do live. You need to think about people that lived a hundred years ago, maybe your grandparents or great grandparents, or I'm old enough to talk to people that were born before 1900. My grandparents were all born before 1900. My dad and my mother lived through the great depression or one and two in the great depression. It, it was different. You have to have a coupon to be able to buy sugar or tires for your car. If you could even find a tire, and that wasn't for, you know, a month or two. That was for several years. Coupons for gas. And then you find out who's got integrity because there's a black market. 
And some people make all kinds of little financial gains and losses on that. I know I'm not meddling here. I'm just being honest because the days are trying and we can stand up in the name of Jesus and by the grace that he's given us and be a witness to the world. Or we can cow down and just be mealy mouth and turn our face and don't say Jesus very loudly. Especially if you're in school or you have a place at work that somebody may hear you. Now, I didn't say it was easy. It wasn't easy when Peter was crucified upside down. It wasn't easy when the apostle John was thrown in a vat of oil that was boiling and it harmed him not. I've been to the place supposedly, and I believe it probably is true, in India where the apostle Thomas was praying in the morning and somebody came from behind him and ran a sword through his body. My goodness. There's enough power in that story alone to represent the kingdom of God that doubting Thomas gave up his life for what he came to believe to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We've got so many side trips and these things. I tell you what, it's, the, the Bible's a blast. Oh, praise God. We better run along here, Dan. Yes, sir. Okay. Of course, there are lots of things that you can pull from the section of Scripture. Let me take a few minutes to mention several of those just because. One, Naaman did tremendous things for his king even though he was a leper. He didn't have an excuse. An Israelite witness to him, the young girl, remember, Naaman questioned the way it was to be done. There was some doubt there. Those around him encouraged him in spite of what he thought. Otherwise, he would have missed it. Community. Dear, 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 dear. But he did eventually obey the word of the Lord, and most of all, he was converted. Glory to God. Could you apply that in your life today? I should say yay and amen. Praise God. You could call this a healing or you could call it a miracle. Um, Don't get picky because regardless, it's supernatural. Okay? Historically. Uh, And of course, it can raise certain questions. And I've already mentioned several of those, but emphatically it proves that with so many other scriptures, which is historically true, confirms the promises of God and concerning healing that we find in the Old Testament. Let's look at some more Old Testament promises. I'm going to run fairly fast here now. Exodus 15, 22. Then Moses led Israel from the sea, Red Sea and they went to the desert of Shur. For three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. This, we're talking about millions of Jewish people. When they came to Marah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. That's why the place is called Mara. He's bitterness. So the people grumbled against Moses saying, why are we to drink? I want some Kool-Aid. I don't think that was in the Bible right there. Okay. Verse 25. Then Moses cried out to the Lord and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water and the water became sweet. Now, last time I threw a piece of water in there, I was just watching it float. (laughs) There the Lord issued a ruling and instruction for them and put them to the test. He said, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, in other words, if you obey God, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. I am Yahweh, who is Yahweh Shema. Excuse me, Yahweh Rapha. Shema is with you. Well, it's, it's there too, isn't it, though? But I am the Lord who heals you. Yahweh Rapha. I am the Lord who heals you. Old Testament scripture. And that's for today. Tie that to the promise from God that he's 
immutable or unchangeable from uh, Malachi 3.6, where he says, I change not. Then can you take God for his word on that verse alone? Sure. Well, we're going to pick up many, many more as we go along. But he said he changes not. He says he's the Lord that heals you. That's one of the double uh, hyphenated names that we find for God in the Bible. Yahweh Rapha. And we're gonna, there's others, quite a few others, as a matter of fact. Okay. So he says he changes not, and he said he's a healer. Can we take him for his word? Okay. Exodus 23.20. He said, See, I am sending an angel ahead of you to guard you along the way and to bring you to the place I have prepared. Pay attention to him and listen to what he says. God's talking about Moses. Do not rebel against him. He will not forgive your rebellion since my name is in him. If you listen carefully to what he says and do all that I say, I will be an enemy to your enemies and will oppose those who oppose you. Now, if spiritual sickness is, excuse me, if sickness is spiritual, then that means it's obviously an evil spirit and your enemy. Verse 23, my angel will go ahead of you and bring you into the land of the Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Canaanites, Hivites, and Jebusites, and all the other ites. And I will wipe them out. I will slam dunk them. Do not bow before their gods or worship them or follow their practices. You must demolish them and break their sacred stone to pieces. Man, old Josiah did a great job of that hundreds of years later. Whew. Verse 25, worship the Lord your God and his blessing will be on your food and water. I like that. That's the reason that we're supposed to say a blessing over the food and over the drinks. You know, I did it twice this morning over the bowl of cereal I had and then over the vitamin supplements I took. Yeah. Because the New Testament tells us whatsoever is received with thanksgiving the word and prayer is sanctified. So ties together. Yeah. I love it. Worship the Lord your God and his blessing will be on your food and water. I will take away sickness from among you. And none will miscarry or be barren in your land. I will give you a full life span. My goodness gracious. Isn't that wonderful? He said, I will. Now it's conditional. Upon following. Amen. If we're not following him, then he's not bound to do it. Okay? Oh, getting quiet in this Methodist church. Yeah. It's not a doctrine of works. It's a doctrine of life. Don't confuse the two. That selection to me sounds pretty serious. Serious to know that my God will take care of me and my body if I have, my eyes are fixed upon Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith. Psalms 103.1. I like this one. I got to say it a little differently. Praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. You deserve the pit. What does he do? He gives you love and compassion who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Oh, praise the Lord. Yep, yep, yep. How many of you have experienced a renewal? How many of you want to experience a renewal? How many of you know you can be renewed today and rise up with the strength of eagles? Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. 
Amen. That old eagle flies up there and he beats his beak against the rocks, knocks it all off and go, God gives him brand new. I almost said something that was wrong. <laughs> gives him the ability to be like a young eagle. He renews his strengths so he can fly high. Man, that eagle would have gone up there and got that Chinese balloon. He'd pop it. <laughs> You'll also find that in Deuteronomy 28 that sickness is a curse. Galatians 3 tells us we've been redeemed from the curse. Okay, here's closing uh, in Psalms 91, favorite chapter of mine. We'll spend the remainder of time in the Word this morning with that. Psalms 91.1, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Mm -mm -mm. Notice how many things are conditional. You know, if you don't dwell in the shelter of the Most High, you can't rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Okay? In other words, it's kind of like uh, 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 I could say, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be given you, but I think I'd rather say, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Scat rat. Amen. Verse 3, surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. Huh. Huh. Verse 4, he will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night nor the arrow that flies by day nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. Hmm. A thousand may fall on your side, 10,000 on your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. Verse 9. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. Now, the NAS, the New King James, the King James, the Amplified, translate disastrous plague, which is a more accurate translation word for word. And the uh, tent could be translated as your dwelling. Now, we have two tents, most of us do. I live in a, a tent called the body, and I live in a tent called the house. Okay? And guess what? No disease shall come near this tent or that tent. That's my confession. Because all I'm doing is agreeing with God. So I, I believe God will do what he said he'd do. Now, some people call this extreme, and it may be to the world, but it should be normal to the church. Normal. Normal. Well, I tried it. It didn't work for me. Okay. Once you get up, once you run again. Hmm. A righteous man falls seven times. He'll be, the Lord will pick him up and put him back on the road again and go, go get him, boy. No harm will overtake you. No disease shall come near your dwelling. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands. Oh, come on, angel, pick me up. <laughs> Let me fly high, praise God. So that you will not strike your foot against a stone. In other words, you won't stub your toe. And if he'll take care of that, how much more will he take care of? You will tread on the loin Lion, get that word right, and the cobra, you will trample the great lion and the serpent. Those are all signs of demonic forces that are coming against you. It's just you, Satan. Bye. 
Verse 14, because they love me, says the Lord, I will rescue them. Hmm. I will protect them. For they acknowledge my name. They will call on me and I will answer them. I will be with them in trouble. I will deliver them and honor them. With long life, I will satisfy them and show them my salvation. Yes. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. I think that we've shown a little bit out of God's word today, enough that would heal an elephant if he was sick. He laid hands on him because he's your stock if you had an elephant. God is so good and he has so much more for us that he wants us to take advantage of. And they were going, well, I, I, I don't know about that. Well, you better make a decision. You can choose life or you can choose death. Choose life. Amen. That's all he's saying. He who has the son has life. First John. There are so many luscious, incredible things with knowing God, loving God, and loving his, and taking advantage of his promises, and let them be manifest in your life, in the life of your loved ones, the people around you, the people you talk to, the people you see. I'm reminded of Sandra, Sandra Close. Burleson, Texas, I had a car lot there. People come in off the streets or come in to make their car payment or buy a car. If they said they were sick or coughing or sneezing or something, she started ministering healing just like that time. She told me one day, Brother Dan, I just don't know how you're so bold about talking about people getting saved. I said, I can't believe you said that. You talk to everybody that's walking or not walking about healing. Because she believed that God wanted those people to be healed. She believed that's the will of God. We're going to prove some things eventually in the New Testament. Probably going to spend one more week on, on the uh, Old Testament. There's some things in Isaiah 53 that have yet to be discovered by man. That's the center part of the Bible. I love it. And I love to get into the Hebrew on it and find out what Jesus did. And it was prophesied about before we ever did it. Oh, praise God. Bring somebody with you. Open the door of their heart. Let them see how good God is. Now, we've given away the answer. God is for healing today. But we're still going to throw that question out every time we bring this message out. So it's going to be as healing for today part two next month. Okay? And that's intentional because I want to stir up the thoughts of people. There are people right here today that say, well, I, I want to be healed. I want to be healed. I just haven't witnessed some of that, haven't seen some of that. It's okay, honey. Your time's coming. Amen. Okay? Amen. And there'll be people that need this. You know, and, and quit going to the doctor first. Amen. You know, believe God first. Yes. But go to the doctor if you need to. Yeah. Don't die on me. Kelly and a half come raise you from the dead. I'm not going to let, let you go yet. You're too young. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. So that's the way we do it. Now, one thing that the New Testament talks about in healing uh, is communion with the Lord, with each other. It works both ways, vertically and horizontally. So we're going to take this time of communion, and here's how we're going to do it. Do it a little different today. We've actually got a table over here with the elements, and we're going through a, a time of, of, of worship. There's about four songs that's on one video roll, and we're going to worship through that time, and we're going to ask you to come up and take the elements as you will. You may want to come up here, run up here and get them first, and you may want to wait a little bit, okay? But during this time, it's 26 minutes, okay? of this, this worship video that we're going to do, that we're going to sing with them, and we're going to let the Lord minister to you, and we're going to let the Holy Spirit lead, guide, and show us what we need to be doing. Amen. Okay? Let me kind of go over that again. 
we're going to start this worship time. We want you to enjoy it and worship and sing along. But as you feel it's time for you, come up and take the communion elements and partake of them. And then if you want uh, somebody to pray for you, we're going to have several people up at the front. And we'll pray for you, especially for healing, but for anything, okay? The Bible's very clear when it talks about communion. Uh, the Apostle Paul was sharing on it, and he told several things about it. He says, a lot of you are, are asleep, which means dead, because you didn't take advantage of taking communion. That's basically what he was saying. Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. And as often as you do this, do it in remembrance. And he says, eat of my flesh, drink of my blood. Okay, my body which is broken for you and the blood that I've shed for you for the remission of sins. This is a potent part of your life, of your healing, of your sin forgiveness, of all the things that you need to walk uprightly before the God and get rid of your condemnation, get rid of your shame, get rid of the devil's voice in your ear. Come to Jesus Christ bury all the old junk, and receive his life. Now, we don't believe that the, this is going to be turned into the literal body of Jesus. That's not biblical. But we do believe it's symbolic of receiving the, the covenant that God has for us by taking a, a resemblance of him into our bodies, that we're, he's in us and we're in him. Okay, that's important that we see that. If you've been here on Wednesday nights, you've known that already, okay? But you can repent. That's okay, just as long as you come next week. Um, so the body, this, he says, discern the body. Discern the body. Jesus said this body is broken for us. We think we got it tough. Jesus went to the cross, the most excruciating death that's possible. And he went there with the joy set before him because he saw each one of you in these chairs and these seats today in 2023. Jesus saw you and went to the cross for people like you and me and for you on YouTube. And all we have to do is believe that God raised Jesus from the dead and confess him as the boss of all our lives, or the Lord of our lives. Believe in God's promises. Receive healing from God. There's healing in communion. There's healing in the blood propitiation of Jesus Christ. Our sins have not been covered like the Old Testament or by the atonement. They're distinguished, excuse me, extinguished. They're extinguished. They're deleted. They're gone into the sea of forgetfulness. There's not anything for you to remember before that the enemy comes up to you and says something to you about what you did sometime because you just say, you go talk to Jesus about it, devil. Get out of my life. That's the reality. That's the strength. That's the truth in the communion. Don't you sit here in shame. Don't you walk out of this place with shame. Don't you ever receive shame. Because the instant you have asked Jesus to forgive you, he's washed you, he's cleansed you, he's made you brand new. If Christ be in any person, he's a brand new creation. The old is gone. Behold, all things are brand new. That's great for salvation, being born again. But it's true for every Christian every day of your life. Yeah. And you need to realize that. Don't... Discount what Jesus did. Take the fullness of what he did at the cross of Calvary through his death, burial, and resurrection. That's what's important that we understand. Yeah. <coughs> I'm here today, today to tell you, lift you up in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Lift each other up in the name of Jesus. Discern the body of Jesus and discern the body of Christ today, which is the people around us. We discern the body. We recognize those around us, those in our community, those that God has put us with. We recognize and we have that, what? Compassion that we read about a while ago. He's given it to us. We have love and compassion. Let's manifest it. Let's show it. Let's come together in the reality of who Jesus has made us 
He's put every one of us in the body as has pleased him. These are all emphatically important. So I'm going to ask you to stand up. I'm going to ask Brother Kelly to come up to the front and pray over the elements. And then, like I say, you, you take those. If you want to take them, go back to your seat and sit there and take them and then come back up for prayer. However you want to take it, that's up to you. Just make this time special. If the enemy's been barging about something, if you need prayer about anything, we're going to be up here. We'll pray for you individually. Or if you want to grab somebody else to pray with you, there's plenty of people around here that will pray with you. Okay? Don't miss this opportunity. Yes. Don't miss the anointing of God. Amen. Amen. He's here to strengthen you, to encourage you, to build you up, to cleanse you, to make you that brand new creation yes. that Jesus died and rose again for. Jesus' name. Pastor Kelly. Hallelujah. Father, we take this opportunity to celebrate you, to celebrate, Father, what you have done, what you've already accomplished when you died on that cross. Father, we thank you that the bread that we partake of this day represents your body, Father, which was bruised, beaten, torn, completely ravaged, that it would bring us wholeness. So, Jesus, you were completely torn apart, that we, in our torn apartness, would be brought back to wholeness. And Father... We thank you for the drink, the juice that we partake of that represents the blood of Jesus. Without the blood, there is no remission of sin. There is no way that sin would be removed without the blood being shed. So Jesus, we so thank you that you, with joy went through this because of the crown, because of the results that would take place. We are your joy and your crown. And so we thank you for the body. We thank you for the blood. And we thank you for life. You exchange our death for your life. Now we walk in life. And we praise you. And that includes healing. It includes, Father, the precious gift of being made whole. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So as you have that desire to come forward for communion, you partake and begin. Just remember to be led of the Spirit, okay? How you do that, okay? But this is a time for communion, amen? amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 We praise you, Father, and thank you for the healing, the healing of heart the healing of soul, the healing of mind, the healing of body that takes place, hallelujah, in the atmosphere of your presence. Hallelujah. We thank you that we are made whole. We are made whole. Hallelujah. Every whit whole. From the tops of our heads to the bottoms of our feet. From the inside out. Hallelujah. From beginning to end. Hallelujah. With every relationship, every single thing, every transaction, hallelujah, is made whole, made complete in the mighty name of Jesus. There is none greater than you. You are our source. You are everything that we need. Hallelujah. So we look to you, the author, the perfecter, the finisher of our faith. Hallelujah. We stand with you. We stand with you and your word. We stand, Father. Hallelujah. 
in this place of completeness in Jesus' mighty name. We honor you for it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I want you to picture right now with the eyes of your heart. God's word tells us that we have eyes of our heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Picture using the eyes of your heart right now what God is doing. Hallelujah. Now what he wants to accomplish yet ahead and the part that you play in it. Hallelujah. Both you and that which you are going to influence in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You are on the forefront of what God wants to accomplish. And you're a part of that. You're right at the front of it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Father, I break off any person that says, oh, but I'm not worthy enough to go that direction. We break that in the name of Jesus. It is not a part of how we live. Hallelujah. Our life is found in Christ. Hallelujah. Where we are a vital part of what you're doing in Jesus' name. We are worthy because you have made us worthy through Jesus. So we stand in that place. Hallelujah. Of worth. Hallelujah, because of you. Hallelujah. We are complete in Christ. Complete in Him. I just keep hearing, we are complete in Him. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Father, we thank you for today's word. We thank you for the ministry that has gone forth. We thank you for the healing power of our Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. We thank you that it goes forth and it continues on in Jesus' name. So that when we leave this place, we're not leaving uh, your healing. We're not leaving your presence. We take your presence with you and we go forth. And we even go a step further and we bring a release of it to others around us in Jesus name. As we go into this week, we are carriers of completeness in Jesus name, carriers of what you can do and will do. Hallelujah. And those that we influence in Jesus mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Go forth in the power and in the grace and in the completed work of Christ Jesus in you. Amen. Hallelujah. Have a great week, everybody. Hallelujah.